Welcome into the Vandy Sports Podcast on the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Billy Derrick, alongside Joey Dwyer. We are brought to you by Anchor Impact, the Wash House, the Murfreesboro Pure Milk Company, Sutherland and Belk, and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Commodore Nation, get closer to Vanderbilt Athletics than ever before with Anchor Impact, the official NIL collective for Vanderbilt University. Gain access to unmatched exclusive coverage and be part of a one-of-a-kind community. As an Anchor Impact member, you gain exclusive privileges and benefits, offering deeper engagement with student-athletes, coaches, staff, and the entire Vanderbilt community. Access behind-the-scenes content, exclusive events, Unique merchandise and personalized experiences, creating an unparalleled connection with the student-athlete's journey. You uh, also can become a catalyst for change, redefining the landscape of college athletics and showcasing the potential of NIL on student-athletes' lives. Help the Commodores thrive and contribute now by logging on to anchorimpact.com slash register. Joey, that that, that ad there is pretty... uh, pretty key right now yeah Yeah, pretty fitting uh a key ad there because right now Vanderbilt fans are kind of sitting in I guess I could say limbo uh with with players leaving players coming in you still need a strength and conditioning coach you need an uh an offensive coordinator uh, but you know on, on the football side of things so uh it's interesting how things are heating up in today's NIL transfer portal era especially this month I mean the month of December is nuts uh so it it should be a fun next several weeks, to say the least. Yeah, I think this will be the most active Vanderbilt is ever going to be in the portal with Corkley, and far and away the most active it has been. It got three transfers last year, one of which redshirted, one of which was a kicker. Billy, do not expect that this offseason. Vanderbilt, <laughs> I think, is going to get the most transfers that it has under Clark Lee, and it's also going to lose as many guys as it has under Clark Lee. If it hasn't already, it's lost some guys who are real impact players, but attrition – I don't think is necessarily an awful thing for Vanderbilt and it opens up some excitement moving forward with what Corkley can do and feels like Vanderbilt's willing to do some things it hasn't been able to do in the past and hasn't been willing to do in the past. So it'd be an interesting offseason and one that it feels like Corkley has more of a chance than he's had in the past. Now it's time to do it and prove that him and his staff can take advantage of what it feels like Vanderbilt has going for right now. Well, it's it's also the sheer numbers of the player of the amount of players that have left, right? Just to 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 refill that roster back up, right? I mean, you look at the guys that have left, and we're going to get into this, Joey. But a lot of offensive players. I mean, the entire offense is basically gone. Uh, you, you know, three quarterbacks that took snaps. Your three best receivers, um, of course, a couple of offensive linemen. Ashmore declared for the draft. Uh, you did lose a young guy, Barrett Maddox. You lost Hernandez. So. You know, you lost some really, really important pieces there on offense, but it was an offense that uh, statistically was worst in the SEC, right, on a team that went 2-10. and 10. So I want to kind of hit on that throughout this this episode, Joey. We won't be super long today, but really describe the, the essence of what's going on right now and, and what it means for the future, right? What are we going to be talking about in about a month uh, for Vanderbilt football? Are we going to be... Um, you know, telling fans to to slow their roll because they might have gotten too excited about a lot of these players coming in? Or, you know, are we going to be saying, I don't know how, how much of an impact this will have? So uh, either way, there's going to be a lot to talk about uh, after, you know, this month and even the next couple of weeks because, Joey, we've also got coaches uh, that will be coming in as well. And I, I want to touch on that a little bit and and the timing of, okay, you're trying to bring in quarterbacks, trying to bring in players for for visits, all types of different things. 
do you have an OC in place, right? What, what do those conversations look like? There's a lot that we don't know <laughs> is going on. I mean, we, we, we think we might think we know, but Joey, it's such a wild time. I mean, of course, you know it with basketball after the basketball season too, but I mean, for football, especially with a lot of these teams that are prepping for bowl games, it's almost like a lot of these coaches take these first couple of weeks, maybe week and a half to two weeks to dive into the portal, just like everybody else. And then they'll start to really hone in on their bowl matchup because a lot of them are later. So it's just a crazy time. And I can't imagine Vanderbilt. Could you imagine Vanderbilt prepping for a bowl right now? But also, (laughs) you know, because their bowl would be earlier than, you know, it wouldn't be likely New Year's Day. It'd probably be December 28, 29, 30 type range. So, you know, one of the earlier bowls. I mean, I couldn't imagine be, being a coach right now. And well, do we prep for the bowl or do we hone in on NIL portal? I mean, there, there's just there's so much, Joey. I mean, look at where Clarkley's old program is, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's lost essentially its entire receiver room. It's lost Holden yep. Stays, who I expect Vanderbilt to be a factor for at least. And then it's lost some guys off his defense, and it still has to play in a bowl game. So there's it's a wild landscape. I think Vanderbilt maybe has a leg up here just because there's been so much right. attrition and there's so much roster open for them. And all they have to focus on right now is the portal, the offensive coordinator role, the strength coach role, and keeping their guys from signing day. It feels like Vanderbilt's in a spot to be able to maybe capitalize here while other teams are preoccupied with other things. Obviously, there some other teams are going to have better pitches to these guys, but Vanderbilt, I think, is really able to hone in on really what it needs to focus on here and yeah. it's going to have to add a big portal class and like you said a two and ten team should have guys leave and i think there's some guys who were difference makers uh london humphreys obviously jade mcgowan i think is a good player but i feel pretty good about junior cheryl coming back uh, and where that stands but you never know we also thought well of london humphreys coming back so we'll see i think it's huge that cj taylor comes back as well as langston patterson those mm-hmm. are their building blocks defensively and Right now, we're the two best players heading into next year. Really big that they got C.J. Taylor back. And I think that kind of tells you maybe they have a little more in terms of NIL and resources than we had thought if they're able to keep a guy like that, especially Langston Patterson as well. So, mm-hmm. Billy, it's going to be interesting to see how many guys they can add and what caliber of player they can add. Like you said, it's going to be really interesting to see if we're we're singing the praises of the staff in a few weeks or we're saying, what the heck are they doing? How are they not getting anybody? It'll be a real roller coaster ride and I guess that's what every offseason is going to look like now especially if you're not winning a whole lot of football games there's going to be a lot of attrition and for Vanderbilt's sake maybe this is the last one that has this level of attrition but if you go two and ten again not going to be that way Vanderbilt's going to have to bring in some transfers that excite people and going to have to bring in guys that fit their culture as well. I want to follow up on on something you said there, Joe. You mentioned uh, the defensive players, right? You've got the foundation pieces with C.J. Taylor and London Humphreys. But first, we're going to continue to dive into that. Uh, Oh, who did I? Oh, London. No names go together right now, Joey. Langston Patterson, not in uh, high school, (laughs) hated it. So, oh man, I'm Joey. The names go together. Langston Patterson and C.J. Taylor, not London Humphreys. London Humphreys has officially entered the portal. Um, we'll see again. I, there's a conversation to be had there, uh, on, on, on the other side of things, I think as well, but let's get to those topics, Joey, uh, and this season's baseball content presented by the Murfreesboro Pure Milk company. They are a family owned 
Third Generation Milk and Ice Cream Distribution Company located in Murfreesboro. That partnership began over 50 years ago with Purity Dairy in Nashville to provide purity milk and ice cream to consumers in Middle Tennessee. And they now serve Southern Kentucky, Northern Alabama, Chattanooga, and North Georgia. Today, they supply grocery stores, convenience stores, and others with purity products, as well as Mayfield, Nestle, and Haagen-Dazs ice cream. For more information, visit their website at mpmci.com. Joey, let's get right back into that conversation. I like how you mentioned those defensive players, not Humphreys, but Patterson. Of course, both CPA guys, Patterson and Taylor. I mean, you you almost had to have those guys back. Well, not even almost. You had to. You know, you had already lost Derricky Wright. You lost Savion Riley, which I was a little surprised by. I thought I thought Riley projected really well, uh, especially in this defense. Uh, but it'll be, it'll be interesting with a guy like a Dante Carter coming in. You know, you would expect a, a guy like that as excited as they are about him to 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 start, uh, at least likely start <clears throat> day one. But you look at that kind of that middle of that defense and you look at Taylor and Patterson and you go, whew, I mean, imagine losing one of them or mm-hmm. both of them. Right. I think that says a little bit about uh, the the respect defensively for Clark Lee. Right. He I mean, he coached some really good defenses. Right, Joey, I think we've talked about and you being locked into some of those Notre Dame defenses under Clark Lee, especially was it 2018 that they made the playoffs? I want to say, yeah, that they made the playoff. And and Clark was was kind of the head of that defense, had some really good players, Awusu Koromoa. So so there's respect all around the country for for Clark Lee as a defensive coordinator. Um, So I think that says a lot that those players he was able to, I'm sure they had conversations, right? He has taken over the defensive coordinator role and to basically get those guys in a room and say, Hey, I can't do this without you guys. Hmm. Right. Um, I'm not saying he couldn't have done it without a guy like a Dericky. I think they could have used Dericky right next year. I think they definitely could have used Savion Riley next year, but I think in uh, in the staff's mind, they know they have Dante Carter coming in. I'm sure they'll bring in a few uh, secondary players, talented secondary players uh, from the portal. That's the difference here, Joey, right? You, you mentioned only a few portal guys from last year. I think these – I mean, I'd be surprised if you if you get a portal guy where you go, eh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, just, just because of how aggressive they have to be. I'm sure there'll be some where, you know, we may not know a whole lot about. But I'm sure the staff – if you ask the staff, you know they'll be excited about every kid, right? And I would I would guess fifteen max guys they bring in, uh, maybe, maybe even more, maybe more, yeah. Be, because you know I'd say fifteen to twenty, uh, you know because you've you've lost about fifteen. I think it's fourteen. I think I counted the other day. Um, who knows at this point? Feels like feels like a, a big number anyway. But Joey, defensively, let's start there. Two huge foundational pieces there that that you can recruit to, right? You can say, hey. We've got Taylor and Patterson, our, our foundational pieces. Come come play with them on, on a really good defense. Yeah, I mean, their defense was terrible this year, Billy. Probably among – I don't know which metric you use, but in most of them, they're among the worst power five <laughs> defenses in the country. Kind of hand in hand with basketball at this point. But, Billy, you can't win games with how poor they were defensively. There was probably three or four games this season in which Vanderbilt's defense put in a position to win. That can't be the case again. And bringing those two playmakers back, I think, is a huge starting point. But there's got to be a lot more done here. There's got to be more on the defensive line. You lost your sack leader and Nate Clifton, who's picked up some real offers, by the way. USC, yeah, some really good ones, yeah. Good for him. Good guy. Um, they have some young pass rushers, but I think they're going to need some help there as well. Darren Agu, Isa Wataha, I think, will be 
helpful pieces who maybe take a step. But when CJ Taylor's your second leading sack guy, I think that shows you what you need to address in the portal there. They didn't get much pressure on the quarterback, and that didn't help out their secondary, who I think has some young players who can do good things. Martel Height, Trudell Berry, I think can maybe be foundational guys at corner, but you're going to have to have some guys to supplement them as well. And then you look at safety, Marlon Sewell, I think could maybe do some things for him, but otherwise I think you really got to hit the portal <clears> hard <throat> there after losing Riley and Wright. And Mahoney going to the draft, I think Mahoney was a guy who made more plays than people gave him credit for. So you're losing some guys on the back end who helped you, but – Billy, I think it's not the worst thing ever to kind of start from scratch defensively and still have some young guys that you can lead on. Vanderbilt's got to hit the portal hard there. and Not only has to get playmakers on the second level, but I think maybe more importantly has to get playmakers on that defensive line just because it was so poor throughout the year. There's a reason that teams ran all over Vanderbilt last year, and it's not only a safety issue. It's not only a corner issue. Vanderbilt has to get better at really all three levels. I think Taylor and Patterson help them kind of on the second level. Um, and then Prince Colley, I think, can maybe be a contributor next year. But they're going to have to do some serious work in the portal. And I think Clark Lee has to know that being a defensive guy, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Joey, he, like you said, defensive guy, he knows he knows what he's doing, right? He knows he has to get the, the, the guys in there. But defensive line, Joey Slackman from Pitt, uh, not Pitt, Penn, rather uh, they have sent an offer out to and uh, Jamarius Dinkins a defensive linebacker lineman from uh, Kentucky so and they've sent out s- some other offers to some talented guys uh, I think Ohio State uh, safety Martinez uh, a Colorado State block. corner yeah Eastern Washington corner they've sent out uh, a few corner offers and again that that's um, that's public info right you know th- those guys tweeting that out so defensively Joey that that we talk about what's the biggest concern like what like which side of the ball is a bigger concern I don't even know if I can really answer that right now like I just I think they have cleared out you know so many pieces to last year's team that you look at and you go this is going to be a totally different team maybe even a totally different style of team right especially bringing in a new strength and conditioning coach uh do you see a difference there uh offensive coordinator i mean do you see a, a, a different scheme how different you know or i'm sure it'll be different after you know last season just not working i'm you know I, i'm not even sure what what we could describe that as uh, throughout well, the season maybe less but, runs on first down up the middle yeah but joey it's it's interesting to ask that question like which side of the ball is the bigger concern here you know i, I think about defense and i and i can convince myself it's defense but then I look over at the offense and I go, uh, it, it might be the offense because, you know, you, like it's like I said earlier, you lost every single statistical piece of, of, of last year's offense, pretty much other than junior Cheryl. Uh, I guess Justin Ball hasn't hasn't left yet. Um, the running back. Yeah. You know, yeah. The running backs. And again, they you know, those guys weren't stat stuffers, but mm-hmm. you just look at that offense and you go, man. How does it get a whole lot better? I'm sure it can, right? And, and we talked about this, Joey. Like, you bring in a quarterback, you know, may, maybe they have a commit. Maybe they maybe they know who, who's coming in. Who Again, we don't know. And maybe that maybe that uh, is different stylistically for them with the way they recruit right now. But I just look at that and go, man, you got to get that quarterback. Oh, but also you got to get that OC, right? So there's a lot we, we just – we don't really know right now, but that in and of itself is is the issue. 
right? And, and there's other teams across the country right now, Joey, that 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 are are struggling with the same things. But I just I look offensively, and I, I think I go, yeah, that somehow might be the bigger issue with, with you know with this program right now. I don't even know where to start when trying to figure out which side has more issues. I tend to think maybe defense is the one I'm a little more concerned about just because they were so poor last year on defense. They got the two playmakers back, which I think kind of helps your argument if you're saying the offense is in a worse spot. They also have some young guys on defense who I think will take steps. So I think there's potential there, and I think there's potential for them to have a few playmakers. But also I'm a little concerned just about kind of the state of things and their struggle to build a defense last season and how many holes they really have to fill there. It's not like they have uh, not many holes to fill offensively either, though they have a lot there. I mean, like you said, they don't really have a quarterback right now. I think they have two freshmen who are really talented. Drew Dickey, I think, is a guy Chris is pretty high on. I haven't seen him as much just because you guys were the ones at fall camp. But Julia, they have a lot of ground to climb offensively. they got to get linemen. I think they need another tight end. Cam Johnson's a guy that I've been high on for a long time. But they yeah. need another tight end to compliment him. They really need receivers, which I think they're pretty actively pursuing in the portal. Um, running backs, I don't know that they're going to make a huge splash there. I think they like Cedric Alexander and A.J. Newberry. they got to support those guys better with a better offensive line, though. It's just when you look at complimentary football and say, well, they need a quarterback, to put that quarterback who they get in the portal – in a good position and to give him an effective recruiting pitch outside of money, you have to be able to compliment him with a good running game and good receivers. And right now Vanderbilt doesn't have any of those. So it's going to be hard to see where they start, but with the way they've maybe adjusted a little bit here, maybe you have some optimism that they can put together a good group. And we've been told some names that they've been looking at. Um, so I think there's some level of optimism there, but, you got to land those guys and you got to be able to put together a full <laughs> offensive group. You can't just have playmakers here or there. Like London Humphreys was a great playmaker. Will Shepard might be an NFL player one day, but those guys weren't complimented well enough and weren't utilized well enough to be able to be real difference makers when it came to the scoreboard. You mentioned Humphreys. Uh, obviously we, you did your rapid reaction, which I thought I thought was great uh, on, on Humphreys. So if you, you guys haven't seen that, go check that out. Uh, and Joey also does have a good piece out on basically kind of a, I don't know if you call it a state of the union of uh, of the the portal activity for Vanderbilt. Go check that out on the site. But Humphreys is a guy that obviously is a Nashville kid. We've talked about his dad uh, being a former track coach at Vanderbilt and obviously went to CPA. Nashville kid, homegrown. Vanderbilt got him initially. Uh, and he, Joey, is on some, some sites – Right, I don't know if Rivals puts out portal rankings. I'm, I'm sure they do, but I, I've seen certain sites have him as a top five, top ten player overall, <laughs> right now <laughs> in, in the portal. I mean, that like that's how much he just catapulted up. And you know, his stats weren't weren't crazy this year, but the big stat was the yards per catch number. Oh, I think he had around 22. I think is what he finished at. So, and that's a big number, right? You know, and and if you're you're scouting a, a a player, you look at that and you go, "Wow!" <laughs> you know, he he made the most of his opportunities. Obviously, Georgia has been rumored as as a potential destination, and I wouldn't be surprised if if he does land there. Um, I don't think this is a money thing, Joey. I I I think this is Humphreys looking at this opportunity 
and basically basically admitting to the fact that that is a lifetime op- a, a once in a lifetime opportunity right georgia has a player by the name of lad mcconkey that <laughs> you watch lad and then you watch humphreys uh you know i think humphreys might even project better <laughs> than lad yeah, mcconkey he's more yeah, Lad is, you know, he's six foot 180. Humphreys is 6'3, 190. He's faster. I think he projects just better overall. So <laughs> Georgia saw that. They might have upgraded, right? So it'll be interesting to see. Again, I, we, it's not official, but that, that is likely the landing spot. For Vandy, it's damaging, Joey. But like you said, with the resources they have right now that we think they have, that we're, we're fairly convinced they have. They're going to go after that receiver position aggressively. And I think, Joey, that might be the most important position group to attack. I could be wrong there. You may you may disagree, but you know, you've got McGowan gone, Shepard gone, Humphreys gone, your three top dudes. J- just like that, right? And so you look at it now, Cheryl, if Vanderbilt doesn't add anyone else, Cheryl's the number one guy. Uh, I'm hearing good things about Quincy Skinner. We'll wait and see on him. But again, does Quincy Skinner come back? Uh, again, we'll, we'll see, but that could be the, the most important because Joey also with the quarterback, are you, are you telling, what are you telling him? Are you telling him you're going to bring in one guy, two guys, three guys. I, I think receiver right now, because of the guys they lost. I know, I, th- I think we knew it. We expected them to lose Shepard, but that receiver room, it's hard for me to find another group that, uh, is as important. I think offensive line is probably close up there, uh, which we haven't talked about a ton, but that receiver group is important. Joey, special in the portal these next couple of weeks. I think you got to add at least one, probably closer to two or three, to put together a competent receiver group. Like, I think they have some d- nice dudes. Guys. Yeah, dudes, guys who can come in and make an impact for you. You have high schoolers who can do things, but I don't think you want to rely on freshmen. And Clark talked a lot about <laughs> that throughout the year that they want to have freshmen who are able to contribute, but they don't want to be able to or have to rely on those guys. The answer to that and not having to do that is going in the portal. And it feels like Vanderbilt is willing to do that with receivers. I think there's a good chance it takes two, and that's probably the path here. London Humphreys mm-hmm. is a loss that I think is really discouraging if you're Vanderbilt. Like you said, Nashville guy grew up to going to First Bank Stadium. His dad worked at Vanderbilt. Um, he's a guy who seemed to believe in what Clark was building, at least at the beginning of the year when we talked to him. It's a kind of a crushing loss, especially when you look at how hard Vanderbilt tried to retain him. It's kind of just mm-hmm. the state of things, though, and it's going to be more and more difficult if they keep losing games to keep guys like that. They're lucky they got C.J. Taylor and Langston Patterson back, um, but you kind of expected they were going to lose somebody like Humphrey or Humphreys at some point, and uh, it's going to be difficult to retain guys like that if you can't win games, and that one was really discouraging and kind of a harsh reality check for Vanderbilt in a week or two full of optimism of what they could get in the portal. They lose a guy who... <laughs> it felt like was going to be a building block for this program moving forward. It's a tough loss for Humph- for uh, Vanderbilt and uh, Humphreys. I don't think he can blame, and that's maybe the worst part of this whole thing is it's not, wow, he's he's a traitor or whatever. It's, he took an opportunity that was better for him right now, and I think it's hard to find anyone who would disagree with him taking that opportunity. So, really, there's a lot here, and it tells you a lot about the infrastructure of the sport, but the transfer portal work, works both ways, and Vanderbilt's got to be able to capitalize and there's a few names we've heard um and i don't think vanderbilt fans would be super disappointed with those but i don't know that they're london humphreys will shepherd level players 
Yeah, another name that I'm hearing is uh, Mr. C uh, in, in, in the portal. for is he going in? <laughs> yeah, he, he's hopping in. He texted me the other day and said that uh, he's – He's headed elsewhere. I think it might be an in, an in conference transfer too. So really? we'll, we'll see. We'll see if where I, he lands. If I going in too, I'm missing the basketball game tomorrow to go to the Lipscomb and Belmont game. Does that mean I'm technically in the portal as well? Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Crystal ball, Belmont. Mm-hmm. Really, <laughs> Belmont. Wow. Yeah, I saw that the other day. But no, I, I saw that on Twitter with with Mister C. I think somebody put it on it Facebook Gentry. as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a good good tweet. But Joey. And I, I want to get into kind of the state of things overall. And, and hearing you talk about Humphreys kind of made me think, okay, the, the portal has worked both ways, right? I mean, the natural instinct for fans is is to have that meltdown. You know, the postseason meltdown, I'm sure other fan bases have had it. Florida's had a lot of guys leave. Ohio State, I mean, could you imagine, um, you know, the meltdown they're having right now up there? Um, you know, other schools too. So, no, Vanderbilt's not alone. I, I know it, it's on the surface it has looked bad, right? I've gotten some some texts from some people just curious about Billy. What's going on? Like honestly, what's going on? And uh, and I don't blame people. I think they have the right to to be really curious about what's going on, especially heading into year four. Billy, how um, many what's going know, on texts have we got this year between the two sports? <laughs> it's got to be over two hundred combined. Well, just this month. I mean, the, the month <laughs> of November or not? Well, we're in December now, but November. I think you. You put this on the board. You you just kind of describe oh, yeah. worst month ever, um, and you you know you've only been here what a little over a year. So, you know it, it's it's just interesting to to see the, all this could a lot of this could change depending on who they bring in here in the next couple of weeks, right? And, and you know that's that's fans, right? Um, but I think there the silver lining is that you know Joey because what I'm trying to say is what if you did lose C.J. Taylor. You know, what if you or Langston Patterson, you know, I, and I think we said there were certain guys. We said this, I think, maybe last episode, certain guys you just couldn't afford to lose. I had C.J. Taylor on that list. Uh, Derricky Wright was kind of an if, uh, you know, maybe for me. Uh, they did end up losing him, of course. Uh, Langston Patterson and Darren Agu, they haven't lost those two guys. Of course, Langston said he's coming back. Bryce Cowan, haven't lost him yet. Uh, Martel Height, Cedric Alexander, Diakite, they haven't lost them. Bradley Ashmore was a guy I thought they they, they would have liked to keep. He's he declared for the draft, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- that that's a loss. I mean, I, I think he, I think they liked him a lot. Leadership. Gunner Hansen coming, yeah. Gunner Hansen coming back is big, Joey, uh, mm-hmm. and seems committed. Uh, you know, he was all over uh, CJ's tweet last night. Leighton Nelson has not announced anything yet. Grayson Morgan. Humphreys is is the biggest, right? I had him highlighted, of course, and uh, losing him was big. Junior Cheryl, I, I'm, I'm not hearing anything on Junior. I, I wouldn't expect Junior to go, uh, especially with some room opened up uh, for yeah. him in in, the, in that receiver room. Um, but yeah, the sky is falling. Some people may say or may think, uh, but for the most part, Joey, uh, out of the guys I highlighted, and that's my opinion, of course, but I think most people would agree they didn't lose a big number. You know, at least so far, and things could change. Maybe they, um, you know, maybe they lose a couple of those guys here in the, within the next couple of weeks because the portal <laughs> is open until, uh, you know, January, early January. Uh, but they also could retain some of the guys that have entered the portal, right? Mm-hmm. We 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 forget about that. Some guys could come back. Ricky Wright has done that before. I'd be surprised if he does it again. But, um, you know, how likely is that for Humphreys? Not sure. Probably not super likely. 
but Joey, that's also possible. So I just want to put that out there. And they got a guy. They've only gotten one guy officially, Zaylin Wood uh, from MTSU. But there's still a ton to happen, right? And 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 you know you've just got to kind of wait and see. You know, I mean, this is like, and we said this, Joey. We said this is going to be more entertaining than uh, than the season. It already has been, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if you're on the board last night, I mean that you know that that was as much excitement as that board has shown all season. You know, so. I- I loved going on it, Twitter last night and seeing just, oh my gosh, what happened on VandySports.com. And I, I was like, what did happen? I need to go look on the board. And then I just saw the board was exploding. It was, think, it was unbelievable. I think we picked up a few subs, to be honest. But Good for uh, us. But no, yeah, that, that's that's what this time of year is is for and, and is all about, Joey. So uh, credit, to, credit to Chris there, uh, obviously. So go check it out if you haven't. Uh, it's pretty pretty hard to miss, but... No, Joey, I, I just I wanted to hit on that because I think and, and Chris, I think, even hit on it last night a little bit. I won't get into it, but just kind of the the fluid nature of the of these things, right? I mean, you no, know, they could land one guy and and fans are like, whoa, <laughs> you know, how did they get him? And you know, for as many guys have left, I think on three had a I don't know if you call it a hit piece, but you know, they they had a a, a piece out about how many guys Vanderbilt has lost and and it's pretty national news, honestly. I think it's kind of a, you know, oh, Vanderbilt's being pillaged. They can change that, though. But there, there's pressure. There's tension, I would guess, right now. Uh, don't try. If you're a friend or buddy, former teammate of Clark or Barton or any of those staffers, don't try calling them <laughs> to uh, to just chat because they're, I mean, they're busy. I'm sure they're traveling, of course. So um, just a just a tough time overall. It's not going to be easy, Joey. Uh, but I think there's there's hope uh, for for once this season. There wasn't didn't feel like there was much hope, uh, but all of a sudden I think some things have turned here for the good. But we still got, still got to wait and see. And and I, I you know I don't blame fans that that are in a little bit of a you know I'll, I'll see it you know I'll believe it when I see it right. Mm-hmm. The sky isn't falling yet, Billy. But in a month, <clears throat> I think the sky could be falling depending on how this thing goes. Yeah. Attrition isn't naturally a bad thing, but to make attrition a good thing, you have to capitalize on the potential and the opportunity that it presents. Vanderbilt basketball had a ton of attrition this offseason, and I think a lot of people kind of wrote off the effects of it. Losing Jordan Wright, I think, was something that Vanderbilt fans weren't super upset about, but I think has really come back to bite Vanderbilt, not having his defensive versatility and such, and losing Liam Robbins was also – a huge thing as well, and uh, Miles Studi even, I think, was a little more valuable than people thought he was. But going back to football, I think it could be a similar situation to that if Vanderbilt can't capitalize on what happens in the portal. But it's also got a real opportunity to generate some buzz and some excitement and mm-hmm. to take its roster to a level that it wasn't at this year. It's hard to see it going lower than a 2-10 season, but with how little players Vanderbilt has on its roster right now and how little kind of go-to guys it has, it's going to be – something if they can't uh kind of supplement what they lost but there's a real opportunity too and when you go two and ten there's an opportunity to get a lot better so we'll see billy there's not a whole lot of room to go down there's a lot of room to go up though and i think that's the excitement you cling to if you're a vanderbilt fan yeah so we'll obviously there's still a ton to track uh right now players coming in uh players coming out and there is a report actually uh from from tom loy 
out, out right now. I'm told Vanderbilt is heavily pursuing Notre Dame transfers, defensive lineman Nana Osafa Mensa, defensive back Ramon Henderson, and tight end Holden Stays. Head Stays coach Clark Lee. As well. Yeah. Head coach Clark Lee would surely love to see a group he knows well land in Nashville. And, and I want to say he recruited at least two of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we've talked about South Bend, <laughs> Joey. I mean, that, that's uh, you, you can pluck guys out of there especially if you're Clark Lee and, and half of that staff who, um, you know, has, uh, has, has coached there. So obviously a lot to happen. Uh, I'm sure today will be busy. Tomorrow will be busy. I think we'll be able to get an episode out tomorrow, Chris Luke and myself. So uh, we'll have some more perspective there. Uh, but for, for football, Joey, again, you got, you got a piece out kind of updating what, what's been going on, the, the status of everything um, you've also got a rapid reaction to London Humphreys and kind of the repercussions of that. So we've got football content all over the place, and we will continue uh, to, uh, to to break down football. We'll have some Billy offensive coordinator. What? Calling me. <laughs> yes, uh, Um Also, look on the board. I dropped a list of quarterbacks that Vanderbilt is interested in from what I've heard. Uh, yes. I'll give, you, I'll give a teaser. Uh, watch out for Soresby from Indiana. I think that's a guy that we should be watching, and we hadn't heard enough of previously. Mm-hmm. And I think you heard something about him as well. I did, yeah. Yeah, Joey Scoops right there. For no, full list no, on the board. Full list on the board, so another reason to go subscribe uh, if, if you haven't already. Uh, but, yeah, Joey, that I mean, stuff like that, you know, scoops like that you know, are, are what fans like, and, and uh, I, I think – I think the staff is is working their tail off right now, just like every other staff. Uh, but the good thing is they don't have – well, I guess it's kind of a good slash bad thing. They don't have a bowl to prep for. But right now, I think that probably is best-case scenario right now. You know, you need to focus on, um, you know, rebuilding this roster uh, because that, that's what they're doing. Maybe not rebuilding, but revamping, uh, but fairly close to, to rebuilding. So uh, we will have some offensive coordinator news uh, soon, I would guess, maybe an even – a new strength coach announcement here, even I would guess, Joey, within the next week or so, honestly. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we got a lot going on with football. But real quick, Joey, to wrap up, we do have basketball uh, to get into. And it's crazy. Throughout the football season, you know, I think it, we would joke and fans would joke that, man, what, what? where's basketball? When's basketball season start? All of a sudden, it has flipped on its axis. We're in basketball season, and I think <laughs> most people would uh, would rather talk football. Uh, no, no offense there, but San Francisco tomorrow night, big big game, Joey. In all seriousness, I mean, it, it, for Vanderbilt, they're sitting at two seventy six in the net right now. Uh, the only lower Power Five team is Louisville. Am I correct on that? That would be correct. That would be correct. So, man, Louisville has really dropped off. Um, Vanderbilt down there. I, I I saw who the other teams down there, but Joey, it's not a good category to be in. I mean, that's that's uh, I don't I don't think Vanderbilt fans even want to know who they're below. Um, and again, this will probably like if they beat San Fran by fifteen twenty plus, I'm sure they'll um, you know get back up there to respectability. But Joey, that tells you where they're at right now. Two seventy six. Yeah. Billy, I think. Either the 275th team or the 277th team is USC Upstate. And you saw how good that group is at basketball <laughs> compared to what we're looking at. And Vanderbilt is either below them or one spot ahead of them. So that kind of tells you where they're at in the uphill climb that they have to have. 
Billy, I think people were upset about Ken Palm numbers. Ken Palm numbers look to be doing them a favor based on what the net was doing. <laughs> they are in a deep hole at this point in the year. And San Francisco would help, obviously. But, Billy, they're in such a deep hole that if they win, like, six games in a row, they'll still probably be outside the top 100 in the net. And that is, like, unfathomable at this point of the season that they can be in this deep of a hole. I don't know that I've covered a team that has done that. Uh, where do I start? Their defense has just been bad. Um, they haven't had all got five guys on the floor, which has really hurt them. Uh, they still don't know what their best lineup is because of that, which is a little concerning. San Francisco is going to be a really tough team for them. San Francisco can really guard. Uh, they can really push it up and down the floor, and uh, they have some real players as well. I think Vanderbilt could beat them. I think Vanderbilt has a roster that's maybe more talented than theirs, but San Francisco, San Francisco really knows how to execute and really does some things that can mess with a Power 5 team. They beat Minnesota by a lot, beat DePaul by a good amount as well. Neither of those teams are world beaters, and I think Vanderbilt's probably more talented than both of those teams, but we'll see. San Francisco's going to be a really interesting test for them if they can get that game. I feel a little bit better about where they're at, but I still feel that they have a pretty significant uphill climb in the net early in the year isn't the end-all be-all, but kind of puts into perspective where they're at as opposed to where they need to be at, which is probably, what, top 60? I think the high or the lowest-rated net team to ever get in the tournament was like 74 or 72 or 77. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt's 200 spots off of that right now. So there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, it's early, which is the good news for Vanderbilt. And the good news is that seems to be finally be getting healthy. I don't know that Colin Smith is going to be ready for tomorrow. I think doesn't his four-day period end tomorrow or the day after? I'm not quite sure what Stack said, but something along yeah. those lines. <clears throat> Stack said Saturday that it that the four-day ramp-up began. Sunday. Sunday. So, yeah, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow – I guess would be that last day. So he's probably cutting it a little too close to, to play out would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. I mean, maybe it's a situation where Vanderbilt looks at it and goes, you know, we need Colin Smith to win. I don't think they, they, they're in that spot, but again, the way they've been playing, who, who knows? He would be uh, really helpful against San Francisco just because their best yeah. player is a six, eight forward. Colin Smith's probably their best defensive forward and their best rebounder. Um, besides maybe Van Lubin. So, so just something to note there. I think Colin Smith could be really helpful for them. It probably would have been helpful against a Boston College guarding Prince of League Bay or teams like that. Yeah, tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, Vanderbilt-San Francisco. It's a pick basically. So San Fran is listed with a 49% chance to win, I think, with Vanderbilt with a, a 50, like 50.7. So at least ESPN expects this to be close. I don't know if the line is out yet, Joey, but... Uh, they've they've beaten Minnesota and DePaul, but they've also lost to Arizona State and uh, and Grand Canyon. Uh, so, it was similar resume to Vanderbilt. To, I mean, to be honest, at least so far, their best player Jonathan Magbo, who averages 17 points per game, 10 rebounds. So they've got some dudes. I mean, they've got some players. We talked about the uh, the Asian transfer from Davidson. Uh, yeah. I forget his name, but Mike. He was a yeah, he's a fun guy to watch whenever Vanderbilt played Davidson. I think it was a couple of years ago. Or Dayton. Uh, Dayton, that's right, Dayton. Um, I don't know what it, so, I don't know what his nickname is, but it, it ends in Mike. He's a he's a real <laughs> niche college basketball player. People love that guy. Well, that'll be fun to watch, but also kind of a scary stat here for Vanderbilt fans real quick before we end it. San Fran attempts approximately 23 threes per game while connecting on approximately 7.5 per game. So it's not a huge number, 7.5, but that's what Vanderbilt has struggled with. 
Mm -hmm. right? Defending the three-point line. And if they can't tomorrow night, they're not going to win because San Fran shoots a lot of them. And naturally, they're going to shoot well in Memorial (laughs) because every team does, (laughs) you know. But I think that has to do with a little bit of Vanderbilt's defense, right? They've got to play better defensively. Uh, They've got to defend the the three-point line better. I think they need to get out. Yeah, force turnovers, get out and run. I mean, you're more athletic than most of these teams you've played so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, use that to your advantage, right? Get out and run. Uh, throw some lobs like he did last game, right? I mean, that I think that got the fans somewhat excited. I know it's Alabama A&M, but, you know, I think plays like that can can ignite a, a team. Uh, maybe it did. You know, maybe, Joe, we look back that Alabama A&M game and say that's where it turned uh, for this program, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Vanderbilt at San Francisco, 7 o'clock uh, tomorrow night. You've also got the Battle of the Boulevard. I'll be there, uh, not Battle of the Boulevard. I'll be at Vandy. Joey will be at the Battle of the Boulevard, uh, Belmont, Lipscomb, same tip-off. I wish Vanderbilt played a little bit late. Like, I would mm-hmm. I would definitely go uh, mm-hmm. to Battle of the Boulevard if that was at – I wish they would have done this. Six and, like, eight o'clock? Oh, that would be perfect. Yeah, that would be fantastic. But, yeah, but no, it, it, it didn't work out that way. But a couple of good ba- basketball games uh, tomorrow night for 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 the locals to, to go check out. And, uh, and we'll see. We'll see what happens, Joey. So uh, that'll do it. And Joey, on our guest line has been brought to you by John Leffen and the Maynard Nexon Government Contracts Group. Maynard Nexon advises government contractors on all aspects of their businesses with a proud focus on matching legal solutions to business needs. Give them a call, 256-551-0171. Also, want to give a shout-out to Sutherland and Belk, longest-running Vandy Sports sponsor, family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt or in an accident, give Taylor Russell a call, 615-846-6200 to see what your rights are and if they can help. Also, give the podcast a review and a five-star rating. That helps us get noticed. If you're listening and haven't subscribed to VandySports.com yet, a lot of scoops out there on the board right now from Chris, Joey. Uh, I'm I'm slacking, but I'll... I'll uh, I don't know about that. I'll, no, I'm kidding. I'll get my weight up here eventually, but it's $99 a year and $9.99 per month helps us tremendously. Uh, subscribe to Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Uh, that that is free. So uh, we'll uh, continue to to load up content there. And if you're interested in sponsoring the show, email Chris Lee at chrislee70 at gmail.com. For Joey Dwyer, I'm Billy Derek. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you again soon with more episodes of the Vandy Sports Podcast. <laughs>